Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Building a Bridge. My name is Jesse Brizendine. My name is Jerry Countess, and our mission is to empower people to use their voice to build a bridge beyond race relations, creating unity and understanding, effectively raising the collective consciousness of humanity. Last week, we talked about the new Occupy Wall Street movement, and we talked about what was happening in the stock market, that AOC and Ted Cruz finally found something they could agree on, the David versus Goliath, and if it was a good thing. And this week, Jared, what are we going to talk about? Uh, we're going to talk about just get back to the basis of, of, of humans, right, of, of being human. And, and we're going to talk about, you know, when we were little humans, some of the things that we wanted, wished for, dreamed, and then how you know, outside forces in the world kind of made us shift those dreams to one direction or the other. And I think that's, uh, I think that's universal, right? I think everybody, you know, when we came to this earth, we had this idea and we were bright eyed and, you know, bushy tailed or whatever you want to call it. Right. And we had these dreams and then, uh, slowly but surely, you know, either people kind of pushed it out of us. Some of them, they nurtured, Right. But um, over, over time, you know, uh, you grow up and, and, and things change and some of it's a mistake and some of it's good. But let's let's <laughs> let's dig on it. You want to start, man? Like what you know, uh, what's the best question? What do you want to be when you grew up? You know? Yeah. So when you ask that question, two things immediately come to mind. I wanted to be a professional baseball player. And I wanted to not be a burden to my parents biggest things and I'll, I'll expand on both of them a baseball player was something that I really you know I think that was my first sport I enjoyed as a kid and it was I think a lot of kids go through those things being a professional athlete or a police officer or a firefighter or something like that and I remember very vividly the day that dream died I was probably about seven years old I was I can't remember if I was going up or coming down the stairs. I think coming down the stairs at my grandparents' house. And my grandma asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I told her a professional baseball player. And she stopped me and said, athletes are stupid. You don't want to be an athlete. You don't want to be a stupid athlete. You want to be someone who uses your brain. You want to be smart, not a dumb athlete. And it was like, <clears throat> in my seven-year-old mind, I didn't know any better. All I knew is that I loved Nana and I wanted to make Nana happy. And I didn't want to disappoint Nana. And, you know, now growing up and understanding Nana had so much of her identity wrapped up in her, her getting an education. And that was how she found value and meaning in who she was. And so she was really trying to pass on good advice to me based off of her experience. But what it actually did was at seven years old, it, it crushed that dream. So I have a question. Do you yeah. think that, you know, you talked about wanting to be a baseball player, but then you also talked about not wanting to be a burden mm -hmm. to your family. And stuff. Do you think like your not want to be a burden is what also made Nana's like uh, influence or her words that much more powerful, right? Like it had that much more of an impact because you're like, oh, fuck, I, I don't want to be an, I don't, I, you know, my relationship with you matters. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> like, absolutely, Jared. Like it was, it was something, so I can remember being maybe five six years old and my mom talking to me about uh, maybe getting a divorce from my dad because they were having so many problems but she and then she asked me who would I want to live would I want to live with her or him 
And then she said, if they don't, they're going to try to stay together because they don't want my brother and I to, she doesn't want my brother and I have to grow up in a separate, two separate homes. And so how I interpreted that is that my mom was going to subject herself to being unhappy at my expense. And then I would see my parents constantly struggling financially. And I mean, I would routinely be the one to take the rent up our, the way we, where we lived, their landlord lived kind of up the road. And so I'd be the one to carry the rent up, you know, however many weeks late. And it was always kind of this, I, and I figured it out, you know, there's less likely to evict a young kid than it is going to be to evict the adults. And I, um, it got so bad for me that when I was probably eight, nine years old, I tried to kill myself. I, I went down to the woods behind my home and had a knife and went through this whole thing. And I, I did not want to die. I, I was terrified of dying, but I felt like I needed to because I felt like I'd done in my, you know, elementary eight, nine-year-old math that if I was gone, it would save my mom money. She wouldn't have to spend on me. And if she didn't have to spend this money on me, then she wouldn't have to be stressed about bills and things like that and the rent, and then she could be happy. And so there was this very much this whole piece of it where it was like, and I think to your point, it absolutely does because then it's also when I'm hearing that from her, I don't want to disappoint her because I'm already feeling like I'm disappointing my parents too. Right. And so it's like this, this, this game, I think that sometimes kids play and it makes me often wonder like, what would, what would lives for children be like if society was set up in such a way to nurture dreams? no matter how unrealistic they are, because not every kid's going to become a, a professional baseball player or a professional basketball player or a lawyer or anything like that. But what if they just, society was set up in such a way to nurture that possibility in them, right? And then, and then because even if I hadn't become a professional baseball player, I would have been able to take away utility from that, the discipline, the, the all types of things that would be applicable to some other piece of it. And it, it makes me wonder that, like, what would it be like if our society, you know, if, if, if our discourse wasn't about who's right and wrong, but again, it's about trying to create this acknowledging sure and say, wow, that's a really good point. Boy, I could really see where you're coming from. And it would be really awesome if we could figure out how to do this like this. And the, the whole system was set up in such a way to nurture the best out of each of us. So anyways, that's kind of getting on a diet. What, about, what did you want to be when you grew up? Okay, yeah, so that, I, I want to jump on and I'm going to tell you. Uh, I'll jump on what you just said. So like when I hear you talk about that, like I, that is, you know, the collective cautiousness going from like here to like all yeah. the way up here, right? If we could ever get to the, to the place where everybody just nurtured people's dreams. Because the truth of the matter is, you know, you're always going to almost you know, to a certain extent, you know, inject your own experiences and knowledge into what you impart to other people and what you teach, you know, other kids and things like that, or your children or friends and everything else. And so it's super hard to um, not even by mistake make disparaging statements, <laughs> right? So it's not, you know, very... Nana wasn't being malicious, like you said, right? Nana, Nana was trying to give you wisdom. <laughs> yeah, my parents were legitimately, that was a struggle for them. They were going through their stuff. You know, they're, they're yes. young and trying to figure out life. Yes. 
uncertain and scared and then they have a kid and all these things like it's just it's that goes to that idea that notion that i think that all of us are doing the best we can with what we have in any given moment and yeah. like that what we're doing but if we could give each other learn to give each other grace in certain spaces with that and not just go to these extremes of labeling and and demonizing each other athletes are stupid <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, extreme demonization yeah but, so um, yeah, I think I think that's a that's a hell of a dream. So okay, so now what what did I want to be when I grew up, right? So first thing I wanted to be when I was like super young, I wanted to be fucking Batman. Fucking. I wanted to be. <laughs> I love that. Batman is by far my favorite superhero, not only because he's you know really smart and whatever, but because he to me Batman was achievable. Right. <laughs> to me, yeah. you know, I didn't have to be born with superpowers or blah 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 blah. So then wanting to be Batman, what was my second goal? I wanted to be rich. I wanted to be rich, right? I wanted to be rich when I was young. And there's I wanted to be rich to the point that, you know, I started my first like little hustle when I was like nine slash ten years old. And mm -hmm. I, I tell you the story. I was selling bookmarks to my fellow classmates. I could draw a little bit. My buddy James could draw really, really well, right? And so uh, what I did was I drew Power Ranger and then I, I cut it up and I, and I sold it as a bookmark. Like I put a little thing in it and I sold it as a bookmark, right? Yes. Uh, and they sold it, right? Then I told James, I was like, James, we got to draw all the Power Rangers. <laughs> we got to draw all the Power Rangers because people don't just like, you know, the Red Ranger, right? We got to draw all of them, right? And, you know, we have to draw all the Power Rangers. We got we to color them up and we going to sell them, right? And so, and so we did and we started selling them. And then I had somebody else that, you know, worked for my dad. They laminated them for me. They, you know what I mean? They were, <laughs> they were one of the lawyers underneath my dad in his office. They, they took it. I think they were trying to win brownie points with my dad. <laughs> so they took them and they laminated them for us. I was like, oh, I'm charging more money. We're making good money and my school shuts it down because the kids are like running out and asking their parents for money so that they can pay me <laughs> to buy my bookmarkers. And I, I was charging a dollar. I went from like 50 cents to like 75 cents to a dollar and I was going to go to a dollar and a quarter and see how much far I could push Product's better, right? As I improve the product, we charge more money. So anyway, you know, over the, over the years, you know, my as my dad and my and my grandparents kind of influenced me, right? They start to, you know, push me towards a belief that you know, rich people or all people with money make their money by taking advantage of other people, and you don't want to be that kind of person, mm. right? And you know, nothing about really like how that provides a service, or you know, like like people don't pay for air. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? They're 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 paying for a service or a product. Now, at the end of the day, maybe they might, might not be happy with that product or that service. Right. But they they pay the person that sold it to them had to produce it and put time in and work for it and then, you know, sell it. Right. And so and sometimes they are and everybody's not you're not going to be happy with everything you buy anyway. So these are the kind of things that I kind of evolved to understand. But at that age. It was like, oh, I don't want to take advantage of people. Mm -hmm. I don't I want to be that kind of person, right? 
and you know i want people to like me and i want to get along with people and i want to make you know and they you know sparked in me to they sparked in me this want my family did to make the world better right but at the same time they sparked in me this despise that you can't make money and make the world better at the same time and that has been a like contradictory battle in me forever and so that's and so and so now you now we can go back to the wall street conversation and all that kind of stuff and you can understand why i never why i never got into wall street or why i didn't do why i got turned because i'm like i have if i'm gonna be in business i have to do something that benefits people's lives and i can't just make money Mm. and but i think i'm an entrepreneur at heart so if i'm not doing something that involves <laughs> business and making money right then i'm not happy so i can't just work a job and make money i have to i have to like build it myself and produce it and sell it to people but the hardest part about that is you know um you know it it, it it's you can get caught up in that cycle of like I really want my product to be helpful. I really want my product to be helpful, like as helpful as possible. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's uh, to a certain extent, you know, that's a prison because you better get really good at selling it and marketing it and understanding the fundamentals of business even before you have, you know, the perfect product. And then you can improve the product as you go along. And people can look at a company like Amazon and see that. Right. When Amazon first started, they only had one product, really. They were selling books, right? They had a thousand products, but they were selling books. Now, he had the vision to sell every fucking thing, but he had to gain interest to the market. He had to, you know, learn how to, how, how, how he was going to market and sell it, Google AdWords and all that kind of stuff and had to master that, right? And then he had to make sure his systems were good enough to get books to people on time. Hmm. You know what I mean? And, and get the right books to people. So he, he had to do all those three things before he could expand his product line and make and start to turn Amazon into what it is today. And so, you know, it, it, but so in other words, he didn't have, he didn't have a perfect product. He didn't have a perfect business as he built it up. Right. And, and then it, and the business improved and improved as it grew. And so those are, those are things like I have issues with today. Um, if, you know, like I said, part of my, part of my trapping is like, if my product's not helpful to somebody, if I don't feel like it's, it, it, if I don't feel like it's maximally health, helpful to people, then I won't try to sell it to them, which is a good thing. Right. Yeah. But I also refund people sometimes when they fuck it up, not me. And that's, and my wife gets on me about that all the time. Like, you know, I'll, I'll fucking like, if, if we have a disagreement, you're not following the program, like, fuck, take your money back. Fuck you. <laughs> because, I, because I don't want to have, I don't want, I don't want, it's, it's ego. It's a lot of ego, man, for me. Like, I don't even want the person to have, like, this, like, one-up thing on me where, to me, it's a one-up thing, like, uh, and, it sound, and it sounds so bad, back, back, backwards <laughs> bass backwards or whatever right this sounds so backwards right so like I, I i don't want 
I don't want somebody to have worked with me, feel like the system failed them or I failed them or whatever, and but then still be able to say that they paid me money. If that makes any sense. <laughs> So, I, want, I want I want them I want them I want and then and then you know really negatively I I keep relationships with all my people that I've ever worked with after I've worked with them to find out who's, how they're doing and I'm and 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 without fail if we had a hurdle to get over right and I was telling them like you need to think about this this and this to get over that hurdle and you need to change your approach and they didn't change it and they didn't change it and they didn't change it without fail, it could be two years, three years, whatever. If they still, if they've progressed, they've gotten over the exact hurdle I was trying to get them to get over. And if they have it, it's still, a, they're still hitting the same wall every fucking time. No, and then and they've tried different methods and all this other kind of stuff. And I'm like, methods don't matter. This is your, this is your obstacle. And it's here, right? <laughs> and if you don't figure out how to get over it. Remind me, I have to, I have to tell you something about ego. But I want I wanted to come back to your Batman thing. It's interesting that that was like kind of the conflict, right, of where money could be bad about pushing people over or whatever it is because Batman seems like the ultimate example of what that's not. Like I think the thing that makes Batman so different than Tony Stark was the Waynes are trying to make Gotham better and the Starks got their money from selling weapons to other people. And then yeah. Bruce never really – like benefited from it. He used all of his money to fund Batman and create Batman where Tony used all his money to create Iron Man, but he also had some fun with it too. And, you know, like, whereas Bruce used the fun that he was having as a, as a cover to like be Batman, mm-hmm. he went out and had fun. Mm-hmm. And such an interesting thing that Batman was your hero because he seems like such the embodiment of exactly what you're talking about. It's like he, he, he <laughs> wants to use his money to better humanity he wants to provide this service. He's trying to change the world, right? And, and it's there's not anything in it for him. And I'm just—he's my favorite superhero. Yeah. Absolutely. With, 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 till this day, I think you know, Batman's the sh- in my mind. Batman is the absolute shit. So who, <laughs> who played him best, Jared? Keaton, Bale, Kilmer, or Clooney? Or West. Well, who, played, who played Batman the best? Yeah, which version of Batman is your favorite Batman? Michael Keaton. So Michael Michael Keaton or Christian Bale? Yeah. So one of one of those two. The only thing that Keaton was so much cooler than Bale. So much cooler. That's that's the other thing. Like, so like Keaton Batman, he fought crime. You could see like a burning, like deep, you know, sensation in to to solve issues and to fight crime and and to defeat bad guys, right? But never emotional. So like like so for instance, in the first Batman, Michael Keaton, right? You remember uh, the Joker's there and he's 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 going through like the art gallery place and he's spraying all the stuff. And you know Keaton's sitting there with uh, who was it? It wasn't Michelle Pfeiffer. It Kim was uh, Kim huh? Basinger. Basing Kim Basinger. Yep. He's sitting there with Kim Basinger on a date, right? And you know, and and the Joker comes up and he's all you know, all in his face and everything. And Michael Keaton's just sitting there like this. 
the whole time. Just looking at him, right? And he's like, and he's like, oh, this guy, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, and, you know, he's trying to rile him and all that stuff and, you know, shake him. And he just stone, right? And, 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 and in everything. And, it, and he, just, he just had it the whole time. Like, it, it, and he would do this in the movie. Right, he would put his hand on his on his cheek, and he would see something horrific horrific happen. Yeah, he would see <laughs> anything, and then he would just go take action. Whereas Christian Bale plays Batman, he's angry, he's gruff, shit pisses him off, blah 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 blah. And like in my vision of Batman is, yeah, that's going on, but it's all is is it's all not. You're not gonna see it. It's just gonna. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be this, and I'm a. And and so I just. I, and I love that. And you know, he's in the wheels are turning, in his head the whole time. He's thinking, right? And he's he's assessing. And he's like, okay, well, where where am I gonna get this guy? Where's his Where's his thing, right? And uh, and and you could see it. And and, and, and frustrated Joker, you know, and, and even at the end of the movie, and he's flying in the plane. He's like, where does he get? all these toys right <laughs> <He's so bad. laughs> and so that's that's the that's why i like keaton keeps just keaton is a hundred percent when you see and i guess that's the mature batman whereas christian bale is the young batman right mm. but he's a hundred percent in control of his emotions you know what i mean he's in control of his emotions and so, and and that's that's another, and that's and that's where, that's like my ultimate my ultimate goal, probably in life. Not only is to build a business and stuff like that, and make money, but to really be in control of my emotions. Like I want to, I want to be locked in. I want to use them. I'm trying to learn to use them where I can. But I'm trying. I want to be. I want to control my emotional state at all times. Man, that speaks so much though to the whole idea of. What would society be like if it was encouraging all the time? If we were able to better control our own emotional states, we would have the resourcefulness in us to not be so selfish in serving our own needs, but really be selfless and serving the needs of elevating one another. Yes. Right? <laughs> Part of emotional, the uncontrollableness of emotion is it's a selfish endeavor in that we are we are selecting emotions or experiencing emotions because we're we're scared we're we don't like being vulnerable so we're being defensive we're armoring up where we don't want to be wrong we don't want to be cast out from the herd or the community and those types of things like that and so it becomes this i mean this whole last political season was the ultimate emotional selfish expression in many ways because yeah go for I it i got a question yeah and this is this is uh, we're good. I'm getting you out of the way. <laughs> so sorry. How did you when you were younger? How did you feel about like being cool? Did you want to be cool? Like how much did that drive your actions and all that kind of stuff? Did you did you ever do anything stupid or silly to be cool or fit in? Oh man, this mean. So <laughs> I I struggled so much as a kid. Because I was so, I was so, when I couldn't go through with killing myself, um, I walked away. I remember picking myself up off the floor. So I'd gotten to the point where I was able to draw blood with a knife. And I remember walking back 
feeling such shame because now not only was I responsible for my mom going to be financially struggling, but then I was too selfish to remove myself from the equation. So I swear to you, Jared, my daily with myself was every day I would go through this dialogue of how in my head, how worthless I am, how horrible I am. I'm God's punishment to my parents. I would spend sometimes upwards of 30 minutes, 30 minutes in front of this little hand mirror picking my nose because I was terrified that if I had one visible booger that it would, it would, people would see me for what the abomination I saw myself as. And I would, so I desperately, I remember there was this spot when I got into high school, I would go and sit there and eat lunch because it was hidden. And it was kind of like I'd sit down on the ground in between these two benches with my back to this building where nobody could see me really. But I was there and I desperately wanted to be seen. I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be a part of something, but I felt so worthless and undeserving of that. There was one time though, where I had a, a group of friends probably by my sophomore, junior year, and we'd eat lunch together in the library. And I had this idea of us playing poker in the library. And then I had an idea that, wow, these guys are really bad. And I could probably start making money off of this. So <laughs> I set up a little mini gambling ring in the school library <laughs> that got shut down. And so then I was like, well, okay, I can't use real money because everybody's in there with their pennies, their nickels, their dimes, you know, <laughs> passing around. And then I'd be scraping them over this way. <laughs> and so I just started bringing in a piece of paper tear it up little scraps and you know one with an x would be worth five cents one with a dot would be worth a penny whatever it was and then you collect those and then i had a bookie sheet so i just keep track of <laughs> <laughs> and that was really that was about as cool as i got man but it was it was something like and so to that point i did want to i when i got into college I had a hard time with binge drinking because I realized that if I drank a lot, I could kind of get out of my head. And because I had a fairly high tolerance, there was a group of kids that, uh, that uh, you know, were kind of shy and awkward themselves. And so they would be like, oh man, that's so cool. You can drink so much, you know, kind of like 18, 19 year old guys do. So I started to get an identity around that of just drinking an excessive amount to get acceptance. And when I started working out and I finally stuck with it and you could start to see muscles and stuff. And I was doing this even before I worked out. I, I was, I'd gone from being a, a chunky kid to a skinny kid to then starting to get a beer belly with, with the alcohol. And so what I would do is when I started working out, I started to lose that, the, where my dorm was, I was the dorm room next to the bathroom. And then the, there was a guy's wing and a girl's wing. And so the girls would have to walk down. And usually if they were going to one side of campus, they'd walk through my hallway to go out. I would do, before I'd go to the bathroom, I'd do push-ups, sit-ups, <laughs> take my shirt off, and then like flex as hard as I could <laughs> walk 15 feet down the hall to the bathroom, hoping that some girl would come up and like, like oh, look at, you know, because I, I didn't have any game whatsoever. There's no way I'm talking to him. If I talk to him, <laughs> Yeah, dude, I would skip pink, go from red to purple. I'd be so embarrassed. <laughs> that was kind of like the thing is as I started to exercise, and one of the things I'm so grateful about exercise is 
I use my body to help me get out of my shell because then as I started, you know, stuck with exercise, worked out and actually started to get muscles and stuff. I would, I would always walk when I lived off campus, I would walk, leave the gym, pull my shirt off and all the guys were doing this. So it wasn't like a weird thing, you know? And then I'd walk the 25 minutes through the college town I lived in to my apartment and, uh-huh. and you'd be flexing as hard as you could the whole time. And plus you'd have a good pump going and everything like that. And you'd always see like all these guys would do it too. And, and it was, it was such a funny thing, but it was like, I'm, I'm so grateful for that time because it helped me get out of here and get more into here as weird as it sounds, because it allowed me to start to at least engage in dialogues with people and it allowed me to start to realize that, wait, people can like me. People can form friendships with me. People can, can value me as a person. And that was, that was huge for me. Yeah. That's so like, as you're telling us the, the weird and, and, and crazy stuff we did to, uh, to, to, I guess to, to gain, to gain female attention. <laughs> Yeah, I want to hear yours now. <laughs> oh, you want to hear? Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'm going to tell, like, so, um, you know, one of the stories I always tell my wife, you know, about me and dealing with, with women is this. And then I'm going to tell you the crazy stuff. I'll tell you the fucking, and it's crazy. My stuff is crazy, okay? <laughs> so, all right, so first to, like, fit in and be cool, like, uh, I really didn't focus too much on that once I like got older and I'll tell you a story behind that but when I was young I was the kid that you can dare Jared to do anything and he'll do it Mm. I was that kid like jump off of that do that fight that person anything somebody said oh Jared you won't do that oh I'm fucking as long as I don't think I'm gonna die I'm doing it right even if there's a small chance I might die I'm gonna do it I've never done it before I'm gonna fucking do it jump you know, ride the scooter off that ramp, Jared, and do all this. I'm like, oh, yeah. Next thing I know, I'm flying through the air and fucking all this, you know, jumping off stuff. Bad, right? Fight everybody. Uh, and that's a big thing in my community, right? I bet you won't fight him. Let's go. We're fighting. <laughs> best, best friend. Oh, ah, we're going, right? <laughs> bet you won't punch, punch what's the name in the jaw. But, right? I'm going to do it right now. Here we go. Win or lose. You're about to get hit in the face, buddy. <laughs> so that was, that was me in my youth. And then, but like after like a, a, a like enough of those incidents, I remember my eighth grade year of middle school, right? I just got, I just beat up this kid really bad. And uh, like I was gaining popularity, right? Because that's how you gain popularity, right? So I beat this kid up really bad. And, um, and, and you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't feel good about it or anything. But then this, this girl that I had a crush on said, you'd be popular if you weren't so goofy, right? So, <laughs> and, and I was like, I knew that that was like an invitation. Like, if you were popular, I would date you, right? <laughs> no, you like me, right? <laughs> and I was like, even though I guess at this point, Batman was not my hero, right? Because <laughs> I was immediately like, fuck you. I was like, I like my, I like, I'm a black kid. And I was like, but I like I like the nerdy kids that I hang with that like anime and draw and shit like that. And I I equated that to goofiness, right? And so I'm huh. like, fuck that. I'm not gonna be cool, right? Um, 
you know, uh, but I also had the mentality, I'm not going to be no punk either. So, okay. So fast forward. Right? And so then I lived, you know, most of my, my uh, high school years and probably even into my college years, determined not to do anything just to be cool. Right. Ever. Right. But then, or to, or to fit in or whatever. Right. But then my most embarrassing moments in college so in college, right? Ah, this is terrible. <laughs> this, is, this is so, we're going to get banned. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I lived, uh, you know, after a few years in college, I lived off campus, but with other students, right? We, it was like an apartment complex. Yep. And it was like a four bedroom apartment complex. And you could rent um you they rent they rent the rooms right and so i didn't i didn't really know before we moved in together any of my roommates i had three roommates right and you know we would all you know do stuff and you know we would all we party together sometimes but we all had our own lives we all had different classes all had different majors and so you know one of my roommates uh, uh you know I, I lost a bunch of weight from you know high school offensive linemen to you know, junior year of college, right? I wasn't, I wasn't ripped, but I was in better shape than I had been in, right? And so I would walk around with my, one of my roommates was in, like, would have his, a group over, like, to do, like, study stuff. I'd be walking around with no underwear on, sweatpants, <laughs> Trying to advertise. <laughs> and I want to say I did this subconsciously. I didn't consciously do it. And I was just being comfortable. But I would be real. If it was just us guys in there, I probably wouldn't walk around like that. <laughs> so, so yeah. So that was, that was, but hey, hey, it worked though. <laughs> oh, God. It worked. That's so bad. That's so hard. That's so terrible. That's so raunchy. That's so. All right, we're at our thirty-minute mark. So. Oh. To that's all... the end. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So you now, what did you want to be when you grew up, or who did you want to be? Why did you want to be that? And if you really want to venture, what was some of your most embarrassing things that you did, high school, college age, whatever that was, to get noticed, to get attention? Yes. And look back on now like Jared and I just did. Somebody tell a skinny dipping story so I feel better. <laughs> there you go. And we'll leave it like that. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye-bye.